just so exciting. Look, Shuey kicks after the siren in extra time to send the West Coast Eagles on in season 2017. He's kicked the goal. The Eagles have won. To put Hawthorne into the prelim final for the sixth consecutive year. A wry smile, heart thumping, chest beating, steady hand. Good looking kick, but he's hooked it. Geelong have won. Welcome back to the Denver Terrace Draft Den for a very special pre-finals episode of the Daft Drafters podcast. It's finally the pointy end of the season and now is when we really need our boys to step up and deliver. It's been an epic ride with many coaches probably feeling like they missed an opportunity to get themselves a spot in the finals. Other coaches are probably just flat about how shit they went. Whilst for the remaining six of us, Optimism is in the air. Let's not forget about the money that's at stake here, lads. You make it to the prelim but lose, you get your 50 back. Make it to the granny but lose, you get yourself 100 bucks. And if you're fortunate enough to go all the way and be crowned the 2021 The Daft Drafters Premier, joining Oliver Hicks in that illustrious club, you'll have pocketed yourself a lazy $400. The remaining 50 will go to the coach with the highest total points at the completion of round 23 of the AFL season. So there's something to play for for coaches not in the top six if you think you can storm home in the final four rounds and chase down the squeals in that department. It's a bumper episode this week, fellas, for what is likely to be the penultimate rendition of this fantastic production. We kick things off with a very special feature guest before I chat with Hornsbet CEO Will Horsfall for a Premiership Market update and then roll into Crawley's Calls, Feet, Mozman. All right, so special guest on the podcast this week is a man that uh, I've been chasing for a while um, and I was very close to calling him out as the biggest coward the Daft Drafters has ever seen before finally convincing him to come on as a guest. He was ignoring me for a while. But I've hunted him down, and here he is, big Bill Fisher, coach of Fish Dog Squadron, is joining me on the podcast. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Jim. You've uh, you finally reeled in the big fish, so to speak. He's been hanging out there for a while. Uh, been checking the post box most days, checking the phone, lighting up. I sort of thought, you know, podcast format. You want the best chatter in the league to come on to really get the get the glow going. Uh, I don't know if you're having some issue with the mail in Carlton coming through to Richmond. A little bit delayed, but uh, nonetheless, uh, last but not least, is all I'll, uh, I'll say for myself because we're going to bring it home strong. Bill, I don't, I don't know about how the way they communicate down in Tassie these days, but we've actually moved past mail now and there's a little thing called Messenger, which if you actually happen to check, you might have seen a message or two along the way. Um, I'm a busy man, sort of checking the wave of life, what I can pick up. So I don't have too long to get on the messenger these days. As you know, Jim, I'm uh, bordering on 50 to 60 years old, so this email stuff from the messenger, I don't know what the difference is. No, Stick to man. the handwritten one. So uh, not, not a great season in the end for the squadron. Uh, taking out the spoon, um, how does that make you feel? Uh, look, it's a different and tough feeling. Jim, the Fishdog Squadron, it's got a long and glittered history. 
Uh, I'll take you back to first established in 2009, the Fish Dog Squadron. Uh, young Willie Fish himself in year seven, uh, a dream team going. First year, took, took home the cup. I was standing there at the end of 2009, celebrating going, geez, how good is this? Uh, played right through my career as a dream teamer. Um, and then first year drafting last year, pretty sure I've been top four every year. So just, yeah, it comes naturally to me. I'm just, uh, I'm just a fantasy player and I'm not quite sure what's happened. I'm sort of looking into the commissioner for maybe some behind the scenes work and stitching me up because I look at the scores and the results and I just don't know how, not only am I last year, I'm last by a fucking long way. Mate, you are three wins behind second last. <laughs> Mate, you've been putrid. <laughs> it's actually it's actually comical how the squadron's gone this year. So uh, I don't know if I could, can't blame COVID. I even managed through that last year for a top two finish. So I'll uh, I've congratulated myself today. I've brought in for those oh, playing home one of the great big wooden spoons that I'll present myself <laughs> as my <laughs> consolation prize. That's even that's the consolation cool. cup would have been nice as a little bottom a bottom uh, non-finals finishing team to have a little competition because I would have won that, but, you know. Well, usually in most Supercoach competitions, that does happen as far as I'm aware, but draft must be uh, a bit different. They don't do that. So, not sure why. Um, would be nice to keep the rest of the boys uh, alive and, and going, but, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, there's certainly... Uh, there's not much hope in the squadron camp at the moment <laughs> where they're sort of getting together... Uh, thinking about where we went wrong, but um, just talking to Livers just before, we were watching Jack Steele rack up seven first quarter tackles. I've already got my eyes on him for 2022. Yeah, you might have a bit of competition this time around, Hitchy. Uh, <laughs> he's fallen to you twice. I don't think the rest of the competition will be making that mistake again. Um, I'm just going to pick you over the Minchington that's got his eyes on because his first couple <laughs> players are always the best in the competition. Then he feels two zeros and still beats me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> he's a wizard at picking draft players, but yeah, he's not. It hasn't quite got the strategy for the length of the season down pat. I don't think. Um, but no. yeah, a wizard on draft. Well, doesn't have the endurance to go the distance. Some would say, but his uh, the talent's certainly there. Yeah. Um, alrighty, and so the other part of it is, yeah, you've you've finished like a long way last, but. You're actually ninth for total points, mate. So you've actually, you've just choked on a number of occasions, it seems. It does seem that way. It does seem, uh, I don't know whether you would call it a choke or just an extreme stacking of the deck against <laughs> the squadron in the year that has been 2021 so far. I've had uh, multiple weeks of back-to-back. When I played the Mingington, I copped 150 from Took, 150 from Steele, and then a near 140 from Charlie Dixon. And he had a zero and still beat me. <laughs> I'll play Shez and Christian Salem will get a 170 and then we'll have four touches the next week. It's just yeah. it's been a year of shambolic performances and people people rise to their best against the best gym. And I think they picked the squadron out early on the fixture. They had him circled mm. and they thought, okay, we'll, we'll see what we're made of here. And it seems everyone's made of better stuff than I. Well, it's interesting you say that because I feel I've copped a bit of that myself. Probably more so in the first half of the year. Um, But it's extremely frustrating when you get the the second or highest, the uh, second or third highest score for the round, and yet somehow you still lose. 
um, you, you yeah, think to yourself, yeah. well, well, how have I managed to do this? But um, no, I didn't care. I sort of had some, I had some strong post by form waiting on a couple of people to come back from injury and got done a couple of times. And I was still life, there's still life. Uh, and I've just proceeded to lose and lose. <laughs> uh, and then when I got the, I've been holding on to the great Zach Butters for it must have been, I don't know, eight or 10 weeks after his injury. And yeah. he came back and got a 30, then got injured again. Mm. Well, when a man gets injured on 90 something halfway through his second quarter, you're probably inclined to hold that type of scoring. I pattern. was. <laughs> Especially when my, the third forward I would keep putting out there would be Taylor Duray. Sam Powell Pepper. Blokes like they were, I couldn't get over 50 in that position at one point. It didn't matter who I put in there, they would just get <laughs> under. It was a, a sham of the position. Stuff. Oh, well, the, the squadron will be back bigger and better, I'm sure, in 2022, and I look forward to it. It wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be hard to go up <laughs> from here. Everything's looking up. Rightio. So, moving on from those that are no longer competing, uh, there are six teams left in the comp. Um, four of which playing off this weekend. Do you, do you have your eye on a on a favourite to take it out at this point? On favourites, uh, I was surprised to see first of the McCrayfish fall to sixth. I sort of liked some performances he was stringed together at some point and uh, mm. had him had him as our. Uh, challenger or our best challenger to the uh, infamous Niels and Squills, who has, let's be honest, has put together one of the strongest seasons. He's uh, must have had much to do over the summer, young Lachlan, because he's uh, put himself together a fair squad in the school. Um, so we're hoping he does the Hornets circa 2020 and chokes when it comes to the big time and someone else can sort yeah. it. Please, um, please. But I've certainly got my eyes on the uh, the Sheridan Livermore Round One Elimination Final because a lot of rivalry uh, stemming back there, and whoever takes this one out, I think will have some have some strong bragging rights. Yes, true. Um, that is one to watch. It's funny. I've um, with the a time of recording the the St Kilda Carlton game is actually underway, and I happen to notice that. Um, Jesse's managed to pick up a round score in the negatives at, at, at this point. Negative. <laughs> he's in the negatives. He's, he's got Adam Saad out there who's going backwards. <laughs> he's played a full quarter and he's, he's worse than when he started. Well, well this, this was probably 10 minutes ago now, so it was halfway through the quarter. And oh. he would have, would have been better off not being out there at, at that point. He's well, managed he's to get himself up to seven points now, but uh, apparently strong. the worst player on the ground. Strong from the sardine. Which, like, as an Essendon supporter, is just so good to see. And in fact, this is the... Well, it'll be the first clip of the podcast, but given this is the third recording, it will be the third time that Sard has been clipped. Um, he's copying it <laughs> on the Daft Drafters this week. Uh, long memories, uh, the Don supporters, elephants for anyone who <laughs> crosses them. But it shows how well I'm going in Supercoach this year, Jim. The bloke I pick is a bit of a smoky. He's got a negative score. It <laughs> doesn't matter what I say in 2021, it's going to go wrong for me. Oh, I'm sure he'll bounce back. Um, the McCrayfish, he, he does have some scoring power, so hopefully that one uh, turns around a bit for him. Um, so if Brisbane can get on a roll with the, uh, with the Lockie Neals and Zane Zorkos, there is, uh, there is two big guns he needs to go. They're the trump cards for that team, for sure. Um, 
And where, where do you rate Farmageddon's chances, Bill? Do you see Farmageddon going all the way and, and taking out the Premiership this year? The Farmageddon, to be honest, I've tried to avoid uh, looking at that team. <laughs> Earlier on in the year, I thought I already had you written off. You're talking about how stiff you are. I was like, oh, please, no one gets stiff other than me in the back half. And how that comes together. Um, no, I looked through the lineup, Jim, and I don't know who who has it in them to stand up and win you the premiership. Mm. I just, I'm so annoyed to look at a player like Jack Zebel in your forward line averaging 112. How is that man averaging 112? He's not in the top 112 players in the competition. <laughs> You've been Jack Zebel's biggest critic all year. The man just I can't started. believe it. <laughs> He hasn't kicked it more than 20 metres to an uncontested person all year. Yeah, he knows how to play the Supercoach game, mate. <laughs> and that's what you pick your players on, Jim. How do you rate your own chances? Do you think, have you had a couple of moves of late that you think are going to well position you uh, for a run at the chip? I know bragging rights will obviously be uh, pretty heavily fought uh, in the Carlton household. You'd be wanting to come out on top of uh, the news and schools after his self-righteous year he's had so far. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, uh, look, my biggest weakness um, is, I think you probably hit the nail on the head. Um, it's probably fairly even across the board, but there's no real star power um, there for me. Like, I've picked the likes of Josh Kelly and, and Jake Lloyd, who who were supposed to be my star power, but it uh, hasn't really turned out that way. Um, mm. So, look, no, no real moves that... Um, I'm sort of hanging my hat on, but I'm just hoping for some good fortune in the last month of the year, I guess. Happy to have Toby Green back after a couple of weeks getting angry in quarantine. Do you reckon he's got a couple of big scores in him once he gets out? Well, I just hope he's not so angry that he gets himself rubbed out. (laughs) (laughs) More inclined to do it that way, young Toby. (laughs) Yes. Um, So that's, that's the final stuff out of the way, Bill. Do you... Moving on to the, the more important stuff um, and, you know, the real reason we play this game, um, we've got our end-of-season party coming up, obviously, at the end of the season. Um, I hope so. Any, what's that? I said I'd hope it's coming up. Wow, yes, you, you, you'd hope so. Um, COVID pending. Um, but um, you got any ideas for me? Any suggestions to go in the suggestion box? <laughs> now, COVID or no COVID, Jim, this will be going ahead. Uh, last year, I suppose we didn't so much as party, but we still celebrated getting together and discussing the summary of the season. Yes. Um, so I do hope... No thanks to you, boys. <laughs> well, some of us got a little bit overzealous on the Cooper's Red Cans that afternoon. <laughs> so any, any names, we'll also might get a little bit excited, but... Uh, if you, yeah, look, if you're trying to put uh, Jordan Ridley in the All-Australian team again, then we will be having a strong discussion, Jim. <laughs> so as long as you do your All-Australian and Australian picks well and the segment returns because they are big hits. Yeah, yeah, that segment will definitely be making another appearance. But I can promise you that given um, Jordan Ridley is in Neils and Squeals' squad, He's probably unlikely <laughs> to make the All Australian team. <laughs> and fair enough too. And fair enough too. No, I think the I think the party has to be a priority. And 
look, I think we can just get together and we don't have to talk about the results or how the season went because, you know, <laughs> it's important to some and not important to others. Uh, the friendship that we've fostered throughout the year is something that, you know, it's more important to certain teams. I think, uh, I hope you've got some room in the trophy cabinet for another uh, piece of, well, not silverware, but something else. <laughs> uh, room for something in there. Come, come down. Piece of shiny wood. I've got plenty of room for that, Jim. <laughs> hang it proudly somewhere amongst well, the D scarves. <laughs> I see you, you've donned the D scarf tonight. Keeping optimistic. Jim, through lockdown, through D's losing, the optimism has to stay strong because if we don't have hope, what else do we have at the end of the day? What are the odds that the D's go down to the Suns this weekend? Uh, not high, but not small either. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah, we might be an 80% chance to win that game. 75, I think mm-hmm. uh, we certainly have that. 80% is too high, uh, mine. Gold Coast is going well, Melbourne not so much. Uh, you know, Took's going to work harder than everyone else on the D's team, that's for sure. <laughs> well, he's going to work harder than anyone else good. in the AFL. That man is a machine. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe, Absolutely. maybe Jack Steele aside, but um, Mingington knows how to coach a, a workhorse, that's for sure. He has. <laughs> he has. And as I, as I look through my, my year, Jim, I'm looking at my draft and I just sort of wish I'm not, I wasn't looking at it right now. <laughs> back a lot of painful... Painful memories. The one thing I will say for myself as the wooden spoon holder for 2021 is that I was pretty drunk on draft night. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I think that impacted a few of my decisions. <laughs> no, think, think about this for a second. You've come last behind a bloke who drafted James Sicily. He was out for the season with his like fifth pick or something. <laughs> I went home on draft night and I thought, oh, I haven't done too well, but geez, at least Bates picked Sicily. I must be able to beat him. <laughs> and it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Yeah. If I look, oh, half the people I drafted are no longer on the team. Mm. Albeit some cunning, sorry for the pun, waiver wire work in getting Ben Cunnington and also Aaron Hall being some great picks. I just haven't been able to save a dreadful season where I've taken Tim English with my third pick, Oof. my Blitzars with my sixth pick, who I then sent to the waiver wire, mm-hmm. and plenty of other that's a, that's know, a Australians who haven't helped me. A couple of big, uh, big blues there. Big blues and big blues early. Took a punt on Patrick Cripps returning to best player in the competition form. The backfire worth punting on that. He like going to the season. I was like, he's like one of the. He'll be one of the best picks in the draft, um, given how late he was going to go and given the form I thought he would show, but it didn't eventuate. It didn't. It didn't. Admittedly, I probably spent a little bit too much on him early, but that's just where I thought he was going to be. Mm. Um, and look, I've got plenty of months in the off-season to dwell on these decisions, mm-hmm. uh, but I do look forward to getting the daft drafters in the same room, preferably at the Drummond Street house so we can uh, destroy it. Um, <laughs> We will be looking to the commissioner to book something in uh, somewhere around the end of the season. So we've got four weeks until the, the Premiership Cup is decided? Correct. Yes. Four weeks. Another month. Nice. Very cool. exciting. So I to get uh, something works. So for every, all the listeners out there, um, Bill's giving me nothing for the suggestion box. So if anyone else has something, <laughs> uh, feel free to send them through. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Bill. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Genuine pleasure, James. 
you've done a very good job on this pod. Disappointed not to have it uh, for the last little bit. I'm sure our couple of American listeners are just as disappointed, but geez, they're going to get a good lift tomorrow. <laughs> They'll certainly be jumping out of their skin for this one. And when can I expect your uh, $50 entry fee to be transferred into the Daft Drafters bank account? Gee, it is unfortunate, Jim, that we seem to have used the same postage system uh, in the only when I assume you must have posted your invite to have me on this illustrious pod. I also posted my cheque to you to be deposited Obviously, being unaccustomed uh, to such technology, such as bank transfers, I obligingly did post my check on time, but we must have got mixed up in this uh, darn postage system. So I think a workable time frame on my end would be 21 to 28 business days. However, if everyone thought the wooden spoon needed a little bit of a consolation prize, I'm happy to keep it safe in my account. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure, mate. Oh, well, that just about wraps us up. Bill, thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. Unreal, unreal. Pleasure to be here, James. Talk to you, mate. Best for the rest of the season, yeah? You too, bye-bye. Well, (laughs) not you two, you're out. Sorry, mate. Fuck up, I don't (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye. I'm joined now by the CEO of Hornsbet, Will Horsfall, who's going to let us know where we should be putting our money in the race for the 2021 Premiership. Welcome back to the podcast, Horse. Thanks for coming on. Jim, pleasure to be on. Uh, I've been looking forward to this moment for a while, so thanks for having me on. Not a worry, mate. Um, So we'll start with the market leader, mate. Who have you got for us? Yeah, Jim, I've been crunching the numbers in the last week in the lead up to finals, um, and I'm pretty uh, pretty keen to announce the the odds uh, on the eve of the finals with the first game to kick off tomorrow. Um, and look, I suppose it's no surprises, and I don't want to spend too much time pumping this place ties up, but it is no surprise. I'm sure a lot of listeners um, would expect this, but Niels and Squeals um, leads the market at uh, at a dollar eighty, which is Look, it, it's short. I don't know if that's surprised you with that type of value. That's pretty short. <laughs> um, but look, it's it's hard to argue um, with with sort of the season he's put together, and and unlike a lot of the other teams um, that are left, hasn't really had to deal with um, with too many injuries really. Um, so at that dollar eighty price, it is short. Um, but you'd be a brave man to bet against him. Just a few. Uh, interesting, uh, I suppose, anecdotes about the Neils and Squeals. Um, so I had a bit of a look into you know, his year, obviously quite dominant, only to four losses. Even in those losses, Jim, he, he put up numbers of 1,097 uh, in round 18, uh, 974 uh, in round 13, 1,078, that was another loss in round nine, and 1,005 in round seven. So even in those four losses, um, plus was putting up numbers that I, I imagine... Yeah, would have won on um, a lot of other weeks. So, oh, interesting loss, interestingly, lost the Crippers Cuties twice during the year. So, wow. he's um, probably pretty happy not to, seeing, not, not to see Crippers in the final um, uh, because obviously has issues in that matchup. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was near, near enough to 1,200 points clear uh, on the total points. So, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite a dominant year. And... and um, Hasn't really had to change much, really, at the selection table. His stars have sort of just rolled through injury-free. Rich, um, McRae, Boak, 
Um, you know, as, oh, sorry, actually, no, there's a few injuries in there. But anyway, Darcy is, is being obviously the pick of the year. To get a guy averaging 120 off the waiver wire uh, is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty flat. I, I imagine you are. <laughs> yeah, it's been painful to listen to that, to be quite frank. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I'm sure Sean's a great bloke, but wouldn't be opposed to just a little hammy, a little <laughs> three to four week hammy. Well, he did his knee the other day and was supposed to be out for the rest of the year and was back a week later. Ridiculous. I was watching that. Yeah, he was hobbling around and then, then played the next week, was hobbling around that game as well. I'm like, give the bloke a fucking week off. Um, but they just keep rolling him out and he keeps pumping out like 150s. So, yeah. Um, no, uh, very impressive well, team. Neils and Squeals, the team to beat uh, um, as a premiership yeah. favourite. And have you got a bit of an outside chance, a bit of a roughie for us? Um, yeah, look, just looking down the... The market, I'd, I'd probably say the value bet, um, probably row, row, row your bottom. I've got him at the $5.50 quote. Um, now, that, that has him fourth in the market. I just feel like, you know, he he's, has been proven to have hot weeks. Um, and, you know, you wouldn't obviously put it past him putting up a, a big performance in a final. Um so although, you know, I look at his team and, you know, guys like Jesse Hogan and, um, you know, uh, Stevenson, guys who come off the waiver wire are getting games here at the moment. Mm. I wouldn't put it past, you know, Hogan's could kick four or five and, and give you a 120 and then all of a sudden you're in trouble. So um, yeah. row, 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 your bottom at 550 might be a, a decent play for the punters out there. Yeah, well, um, the coach of that team actually doesn't mind the odd punt himself. So <laughs> might be one for him to jump on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did, did, oh, well, I'll just quickly run you through the, the other odds, Jim, just, just if anyone else was um, looking to have a flutter. Yeah, um, I'm so to hear the odds for um, Jack McCrayfish because I reckon he has a fairly strong team. Where have you got him placed at the moment? Yeah, interesting you say that because um, I think you might have mentioned that. Um, I can't remember if Squeals did, but yeah, certainly you've been quite high on the, on the fish of late. Um, I've actually got him second last in the market, Jim, at $7. Oh, um, which, yeah, might be a bit disrespectful. Um, you know, I think he was second total points um, throughout the year. Uh, but Dusty Martin um, out for the year hurts him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I was just having a look through his side. And the sort of guys who've just been on the way wide in the last six straight weeks uh, flooded in there. You know, Parfit, uh, Bailey Smith, Jamie Cripps. Um, not sure how you can rely on Shane Mumford too much in the ruck department. Not even sure he's going to be playing this week. So, um, yeah, I, like, yeah, certainly there could be a bit of value there. Um, but yeah, I've got him down to the seven dollar quote. True, that's interesting because I mean, when he was real hot, it was when the likes of a Dane Zorko um, and even a Tom Libertore were in some some good form. Like Zorko, obviously a, a tier above Libertore, but those two players have probably dropped off their form compared to earlier in the year, I would say. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Yeah, Zorks um, was just going beast mode. Um, and Mundy even as well. Yeah. I think you look back through his averages, um, was now up around like the 110, 115 mark and um, hasn't gotten any of those uh, heights since. So a few underperforming stars, um, Bailey Dale as well. So, you know, that, that had the potential there to, to up their output in the coming weeks. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. 
Yeah, and I'd just like to say sucked into Adam Saad as well, who's on that team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, echo those sentiments. <laughs> all right. Um, is that all you've got for us from Hornsbet this week, Hornsy? Um, well, I'll, I'll just let you know where the farm will get them, lads, are at, Jim. Um, because the they've been arguing with the form, <laughs> the form team of the comp. Um, nice. Second favourite, 350. Um, wow. Uh, what, what have we got down here? <laughs> um, so they've been putting up not quite big numbers. And, and credit to them, you're stuck fat. Um, you know, tough start of the year. Um, backs against the wall, a few big scores put against you. Could have easily dropped your head like a few other members of the league. Looking at you, Bill. <laughs> um, but didn't complain. Oh, well, I wouldn't say didn't complain. There was some complaints <laughs> littered through that. Hey, that's what it's all about. But a big question I have Adam Chalor's on the bench. I haven't really done much research about whether he's looking to come back. But yeah, that was a mistake. Any insight on that? In, well, the, the, thing, the thinking was at the time that he got injured, there was no one on his level available on the waiver wire. Um, and I think originally he was due to come back a couple of weeks earlier than what he's going to. So I thought I'll ha- hold him, um, you know, because he's going to be a handy asset during finals. My midfield was shallow as it was, so I, I decided I had, mm-hmm. to help, had to hold Trelaw. But, um, yeah, in hindsight, that's probably been a mistake. Yeah. Um, no, fair enough. All right, well, um, I'll just whisk the other ones. Hornets at four bucks. His side's... Really struggling at the moment, but he does get the first week off. So um, you got to respect that. And he needs to put together a couple of big weeks. He'll be right there in contention. Um, so four bucks for the Hornets. And um, Patrick Whipper, who I expect to get done in the first round, by far we're getting pretty comfortably. He's at nine bucks if you want to have a bit of a roughie. <laughs> wow, Patrick Whipper will love that. <laughs> All right, well, um, that's your pre-finals Horns bet for us. Thanks, Horse. Thanks for having me on, Jim, and good luck to all punters. Cheers, and gamble responsibly. <laughs> Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What it's- do you want? Crawley's Calls. Featuring Mozman. Yes, here we are finally with another Crawley's Calls segment. This time with our very own Mozman lending us his thoughts and opinions, hopefully to bring a bit of balance to the show. Welcome to the podcast, boys. Thanks, Jimbo. Thanks what was your doing. segment you had, Dubs, before you oh, no, got cut? It's, it's been a while. What was it? <laughs> Monitoring moves, moves with yeah. Mozza. <laughs> and that, that was the last podcast we ever did. Yeah, because no one else made moves the rest of the year. <laughs> and that was, yeah, still yet, still yet for anyone to make a Has trade. Has anyone traded? No, <laughs> no, hasn't happened. Um, which is disappointing. But anyway, so... Pre-finals um, podcast, and we've. Uh, firstly, I'll just run through the structure for how the final series is going to work. So um, it's obviously a top six, um, and one and two both have the week off this week. They'll play off next week, where the winner gets a spot straight in the grand final, and the loser of that will play off in a prelim. But this week we've got. Um, in elimination finals, you've got third versus sixth and fourth fourth versus fifth. Um, so, And the winner of those two games will play off against each other next week. 
And then the winner of that game will play off against the loser of one versus two. Oh, so we get a if second chance. One of the yeah. two one, they one, get a week two. off and a second chance. Correct. I'm not following yeah. at all, Jim. Because no. I won't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So the first game we're going to run through um, this week is the first elimination final between Row, Row, Row Your Bottom, who finished in third, and Jack McCrayfish, who finished in sixth. So, Crawls. Who have you got for us? Yeah, I'm covering row, row, row your bottom. Jack, I thought he finished last, but I don't think I've looked at my team since <laughs> round 10, maybe. <laughs> and I'm still on top. Uh, subtle bag there. No, but he's got a solid team here. Mostly wa- waiver wire picks. I'd crouchy at the start of the year. Um, Stefferson, you had Jim. Yep. A few other boys, I reckon. Ooh, Jesse Hogan picking off the waivers. I don't know whether I'll yeah. play him this week in the forward line. But no, nah, solid team all around here. You want to hope for a big game from the... Uh, the doggies against Adelaide for the astronaut to go off. Track and sail are pretty solid, so is Nat Nguyen Lions. Houston's been pretty shit of late. Yeah, came back a bit on the weekend, though, with a 91. Oh, good, Jim. That's the info I need from you two, man. Mm. Um, Keezy, great waiver wire pickup as well. So, pretty solid team here. Like, no one's really weak. Stephenson's due for a down week. Um, but other than that, he's looking pretty solid. Row, row, row your bottom. Stemming yeah. up the ladder. And he could knock off McCrayfish this week. <laughs> and Mozza, you want to take us through Jack McCrayfish's side? Yeah, I'd say this one does certainly have the hallmarks of a team that's just scraped into the finals. <laughs> uh, again, very dog-heavy, this one. So uh, I'm sure the doggies will win by about 100 this week. It'll just be a matter of who gets the points um, for the boys. It's, what, five players across the across the two teams in the doggy squad? So that'll be interesting. Yeah, big game to look out for there. Yeah, uh, very top-heavy. Um, your man, Sardi. I'm sure he'll have an absolute blinder this week, Jim. He's already copped one clip on this podcast, but fuck him, he can have another one. Yeah, nah, it's, uh, again, it's a pretty solid team. We've got two underperforming lines down the bottom as well, so we sort of need them to hit some form in Sorks and Neil. Yeah, but, but they are playing the Hawks. Well, uh, yeah, that's a good point, but you never quite know with those boys. Um, they turn it on in the big games, but yeah. sometimes can have a stinker. Nakai Cockatoo debuting for the Lions this week. Yeah, that might take some of the burn out of the midfield points, <laughs> I dare say. So, do you boys have a tip for me? Oh, look, Rory Bottom's projected for 993. McCrayfish, 1,068. I don't know where they're pulling those points from. It'll be a tight one. Yeah, Astronaut's only tipped to get 51 points in the projected. But if he goes off, might be hard to beat. I think McCrayfish's midfield it's, doesn't have the depth. Bailey Smith will have to pull it out of his ass this week as well. Is he back in some form? He has been in, in good recent form, Bailey Smith, as you can see by the 118 projected yeah. there. Um, but Josh Dunkley back into the side this week. We'll yeah. see how that affects Bazza because we know the first half of the year, old Baz Smith did struggle to put the scores on the board. Who are you picking, Elliot? Don't know, mate. I think if uh, as long as H. Mackay stays on the bench there, it might be a, a steep one for big McCrayfish. Mozman, Mozman. Might, Mos Man, might be an idea to bring him on, I reckon. Yeah, bring him on. Mozman's a Carlton supporter. I reckon I'm going from Roro, your bottom. He's steaming up the ladder. Hopefully he takes some momentum into this final. McCrayfish a dark horse to take it out. I'm a bit scared of him, but hopefully he goes down this week. Right. I know. So there you have it. Uh, Crawley's calls back with a bang. Roro, roll your bottom to get over the top of Jack McCrayfish in elimination final number one. Moving on to E2, uh, Patrick Whipper <laughs> up against Farmageddon in fourth versus fifth. Who have we got? So Patrick Whipper, George's team, obviously. Um, he's got a pretty solid... While she's been unreal for him, so is Toddy Goldstein and Rory Laird. You can count on them every week. Uh, I think the forward line here is a bit of a question mark. Link McCarthy, 
I know he's been playing all right. They do have the Hawks this week. I guess Eric Hipwood's out, and he's got Sam Reid on there. How'd Sam Reid go last week? I'm uh, not sure, to be honest. When he um, came back. Interesting forward line. I think that might be where it uh, is, is going to be won. He's got Jeremy Howe waiting on the on the bench, and Pendlebury, he's out. Is Pendlebury's out done for the oh, year, he's I done believe. For the year, he's got he? a broken leg. So very interesting. A few injuries here, but he is tip. He's got 1,041 projected. Is Jeremy Howe back this week? I'm not sure. It'd be a risk to play him though. Rusty. Over yeah, Laird Hearn, over Laird Hearn and Harris Andrews, I don't think he'd get a gig. Yeah. Okay. So what? Up? He's missing. He's missing a player on field. There was he only got two forwards there. Yeah, he's only got two only forwards. got two forwards. No, he's got three forwards at the moment. I think he's missing a midfielder. Oh. So Billings, yeah. Billings come in. Yeah, by the looks. Um, you yeah. might have to have a look at the waivers as well. Going? Yeah, I think it's yeah. a waiver job. Um, can, we still trade? can we still no, trade? No, oh, yeah, uh, I believe players still alive can trade. Teams that have been knocked right. out. I might, I might hit George up this week. Yeah. I a few midfielders I can yeah. get <laughs> I'd say, um, I'd say that 1041 is pretty generous there for old Whipper. Um, yeah. Turning over to you, Jimbo. Look, I hate to admit it, but it's a fairly classy team. Thanks, fellas. Uh, Chris Main, probably the exception there. Uh, don't sleep on Chris Main. Go back and look at his scores. He's been going very well prior to the recent injury. Not and about his scores. Is he? He's back in. He's playing back this week. Back in this week. Pendles out. Yeah, they look, it's a good point. It's the main train. Uh, a few classy giants there. I'm not sure what the go is with COVID up there. I'm assuming they're all back and playing and, and firing fit, are they, Jim? Yes, Toby Green's out of quarantine and back in for Farmageddon. Um, Kelly and Taranto have been a little bit disappointing of late, but hopefully it bounce back to form. An important game for the Giants as well, so I'm sure they'll have a blinder. And what about Izzy Heaney? Oh, against Essendon, mate. Going. He should be able to run up the, run up the <laughs> points, I would have thought. Same with Lloyd, he just... Picking off the horrible kicks into the forward line there, so <laughs> I think the uh, the lack of execution from the Dons might actually work in your favour this week, Jimbo. I think it should be fairly comfortable for you this week. I would have thought. Yeah. See, look on paper, I'd I'd probably pick Jim as well, even though he's projected less. There are big names in his team, and that's sort of what he needs, other than uh, uh, other than Maine there. <laughs> Stop clipping Maine. He's a good boy. Hey, that's 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 a, if that's the weakest player, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> All right, um, cool. So we're going with Farmageddon in that matchup. Good to hear. Right, so we'll move on to the uh, week two game between the heavy hitters of the competition in Neils and Squeals and Hudson's Hornets, finishing one and two respectively. Mozza, do you want to run us through Neils and Squeals? Yeah, look, it is, uh, again, uh, I don't like to admit it. Um, I'm letting the house down here, boys. But, um, yeah, two very classy teams in, in Jim and Locks now. Um, Joey Kennedy, that would be the glaring floor in that one, but even he started to pull his finger out. So um, between him and Sloney, if they can just keep busting out some average scores, oh, I'm sure Locke will be hard to, very hard to beat. Yeah, um, Jesse Livermore, if you lose this week, fucking read and weep, mate. The old boys are getting it done. Sean Darcy... An excellent pickup throughout the season. Yeah, he's been killing it for me. Cheat code. I is can't even. Is he playing? How well we spoke. I spoke about this in the Hornsbeck segment earlier in the podcast. He did a knee like a couple of weeks ago and was supposed to be out for like ten weeks or whatever it was, and didn't miss a game. Yeah, was playing the next week. Yeah, he knows the boys are in the finals and he's he wants to play. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. So he's killing it for me. The back line is just. Rich, Ridley and Whitfield is that is unbeatable for a defence. It's pretty OP. Um, yeah, it's pretty OP. So uh, I've been pretty solid this year. 
So it'll be interesting. Over to what's the other team when we're playing? Uh, Hudson's Hornets. Who's that? That's Will Horsfall. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, very top-heavy again with the Geelong boys. Just pretty much the only thing that's getting this team across the line by the looks of it. Fit, fuck. Danger 165 last week. Guthrie also huge. Fifey, big loss for Fifey, I think. He would have carried the bulk of the duties to get them into the finals. And and so I'll just take your attention across to the trade section on your screen there, boys, and you'll see that Hudson Hornets has dropped Nat Fife and brought in Braden Fiorini from the Gold Coast, who has been in pretty good recent form, um, but volatile. Oh, well, yes, yeah, disregard that then, Jim. But yeah, Fiorini, certainly no Fife, I wouldn't have thought. But I guess all you need is a couple of good weeks. Well, he's we... got a week off this week. So yeah. next week you want to hope he's fire. Although Fiorini, he, he does like racking up. What do you have, 40 last week? 40 touches or 41, something? 41, yeah. So as long as he's not butchering it, he, he should realistically get you close to 100, which is, I guess, not too bad. Um, that's all Fife he was getting, really. <laughs> So, yeah, look, it doesn't. It lacks probably the class of the, the the couple we've just sort of touched on. But I'm sure all you need to do is string a few big scores together, and it, you know, especially when you've got eleven players on the field, I think it is. So, it doesn't take much, and there's certainly a few X factors in this team. The likes of Simkin, yeah, Lockie Hunter, I reckon can can bust out a big score. Even big Nicky Hine out of the back line, <laughs> and now, but you know, Buddy's immunity with the the tribunal. There's nothing that can stop that fella now. So. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he busts out a few big ones uh, and Sydney sort of make a run for that top four. So What an absolute joke that is, Lance Franklin oh. getting off the tribunal once again. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, stiff, but uh, it's uh, set up for a big weekend this week against the Dons again, Jim. I hate to touch on it, but oh. I think he might kick seven or eight this week. Well, he does that every time he fucking play against him. Of course he got off at the tribunal. Yes. The AFL is just willing him to a 1,000 goals this season. Which doesn't make sense to me. I'd rather have a crowd there for when he does it, to be honest. But, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, the biggest, biggest uh, hole in this side for me would be the back line. Yeah, I'd not say. Great. Compared to my averages, all my players averaging 20 more points than that. Yeah. Pretty much. But, um, you know, like, like we said in the, uh, the old horns bet section, um, anything can happen in this game. Yeah, especially and, in finals. And you just never know. Um, Hicksie would have been at long odds to win the premiership from this point last season, and lo and behold, he's the reigning premier. So I wouldn't write this team off, Jim. I think they're a, they're a very good chance of an upset. I don't mind it at all. Wonderful. All right. Well, that was uh, Crawley's calls after a long layoff. I think it went relatively smoothly. Thanks for coming on, fellas. No worries. Thanks, family. Jimbo. Good luck in the finals. It's been a pleasure. And that just about wraps up our pre-finals episode of the Daft Drafters podcast. Um, thanks for listening if you've made it this far. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, this is likely to be the penultimate the Daft Drafters podcast for 2021 with a uh, grand final special in the works. Um, so I look forward to joining you then. Until then, bye-bye.